Well, good evening and welcome to the March 2020 edition of Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Moralia, and tonight I'm here with Gary Carnavelli. Gary, welcome. Thank you. Well, we are going to be taking a different approach to the show this week and next, bringing you coverage from right here in Sonoma County, talking about how the current health emergency with a coronavirus is impacting LGBT people here in our community. And you should know we're doing this show while sheltered in place remotely. Gary, you started this discussion last week uh, with some folks. Talk about what you covered. I did. I had a nice chat with um, Nina Redman from Food for Thought um, last Sunday. And, uh, you know, as everything, the, the, um, the situation is changing hourly. So she was very concerned about um, not having enough volunteers. She was not concerned about having um, f- enough food. Um, but of course, um, working with HIV um, impacted people, many of them who are clients and also volunteers were opting to stay home um, even, even before the shelter in place order came down. Um, the midweek this past week. So um, I've been trying to reach out to her. I haven't been able to get a hold of her. I'm hoping to have an update from her soon. Um, but of course, you know, th- these are folks, um, some 600 of them who rely on food for thought for their food and supplements right. and uh, yeah, di- dietary guidance and, and in a way, in a way support it's, it's a community there in Forestville. So, um, you know, again, it's another nonprofit LGBTQ plus and allies nonprofit that will be incredibly impacted by the shelter in place order and the coronavirus. Right. And that's just the one example, uh, face to face also closed its doors this week. And later in the show, Sarah Brewer will be here from face-to-face talking about how the coronavirus specifically is impacting those who are living with HIV. So there's a lot to talk about tonight, so stay with us. It's all coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. This is Greg Moralia with your Outbeat Radio News for the week of March 22nd, 2020. Well, the coronavirus is at the top of every news headline and in one way or another is impacting just about every aspect of our community. But there are a few positive stories, like this one from Spain. A drug commonly used to manage HIV was successfully used to treat a man with a coronavirus. The Spanish newspaper El Pais reported that Miguel Angel Benitez, 62 years old, was successfully treated for coronavirus at a hospital in Seville. The drug used was Calterra, a protease inhibitor. Albert Bosch, president of the Spanish Virology Society, said, quote, it's an experimental usage of the drug that's given good results with other viruses. And he added, quote, one of the biggest advantages is that we're already approved to use the drug, so there's little doubt about its safety, end quote. Protease inhibitors are antiviral drugs that bind to certain enzymes necessary to produce parts of the virus, inhibiting production of the virus in cells. Of course, success in one case doesn't mean that the medication will work for everyone, and further testing and research is definitely needed. And like most other natural disasters, the haters were quick to come out and blame the gays for the coronavirus. It started with religious leaders. 
a conservative Christian pastor issued an angry rebuke of churches taking measures to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, calling them sissies and pansies who have been neutered. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, a televangelist who co-founded Revival Today TV, called out European churches that are taking measures to prevent the spread of the virus. He said, quote, shame on every European full gospel church that shut down during this thing, end quote. Italy is a country with the second most confirmed cases of the virus in the world after China, and churches there have taken steps to prevent the spread of the virus, like removing holy water and canceling large events. Shuttlesworth went after these churches as well, saying, quote, Catholic churches not having holy water in the lobby? How holy is the water then? And then he added that measures taken to prevent the coronavirus are the work of the devil. And then there's Fox News. Mark Stein, who regularly fills in on both Rush Limbaugh's show and on Fox News as a guest host, told Limbaugh's listeners that the Bay Area is under a shelter-in-place because of gay guys. People have been put on order to stay home to prevent, quote, a big gay apocalypse, end quote, and that that would be blamed on President Donald Trump. He added, quote, San Francisco has just ordered everyone to shelter in place just to say, stay in your apartment. Don't leave your apartment unless you need to go out to a grocery store or to a pharmacy or to a doctor. And then he added, why are they doing that? Why is San Francisco the first to do that? Because they've got all gay guys there, end quote. Senator Scott Weiner and Assemblymember Todd Gloria issued a statement this week together saying, quote, This is a time for us to come together in support of our most vulnerable communities, including vulnerable LGBTQ people. Resources should go to engaging and supporting everyone in need. And we're committed to fighting for LGBT people and anyone needing an advocate. This is a difficult moment in our nation and world's history. End quote. Browbeat Radio News, I'm Greg Moralia. begin our local coverage of how the coronavirus is impacting the North Bay's LGBTQ community by talking about the virus and how it's affecting those living with HIV. People with compromised immune systems have been particularly impacted by this virus, but there's just still a lot we don't know. We're going to check in first tonight with Sarah Brewer, who's the Executive Director of Face to Face in Santa Rosa. She's sheltered in place as well and joining us remotely. Sarah, welcome and thanks for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is an important time to share information, uh, particularly uh, for those who are living with HIV. I've read a lot in the last week, uh, different articles about how the virus is uh, worrisome, especially for those who are living with HIV. What have you heard? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, again, disclaiming that I'm not a doctor, but um, from from talking to different infectious disease doctors um, and HIV doctors, it's we can say conclusively right now that since there's no official data, um, you know, it's a lot of um, continuing to care for people with HIV with the same precautions. Um, and of course, if somebody living with HIV who's virally suppressed, HIV becomes a chronic condition. And so anybody with a chronic condition is more susceptible for contracting COVID-19. Um, but of course, somebody who's living with HIV who's not virally suppressed is going to be much more at risk for contracting the virus because, um, you know, their immune system is compromised. Right. So what, uh, you know, what we're recommending is that, of course, everybody stay virally suppressed, get on your medication if you're not on your medication, um, and then talk to your doctors because there are um, uh, relaxations in limits in medication. So, you know, people can stock up on one, two or three months medication um, so that they have a supply if they need it. And then additionally getting, you know, vaccines as well to make sure all the vaccinations are up to date. 
But what we've been recommending to our clients with HIV is just to make sure that you have a plan with your doctor, that you've checked in with your doctor. All the Sonoma County um, HIV medical providers have all begun, if not finished, reaching out to all of their patients just to check in with them to make sure that they have everything that they need and see if they're experiencing any symptoms. Um, and then, you know, I know most of the clinics and hospitals have switched to phone appointments, but still, you know, it's, it's important to have that communication set with your provider just to be prepared. And then also if necessary to have any sort of like, you know, telemedicine capability set up, if you would need to, you know, be able to see your doctor face to face or even your mental health provider is another one, because another concern of course is isolation, um, and for some folks, especially older folks who maybe are already living a little bit more isolated life, it's really important to stay connected during this time. Right. Well, that, that's, yes. that's really, uh, really important. And I'm glad to hear that the, the regulations around being able to access meds and having enough on hand has been already relaxed. I mean, it just seem, seems like a logical thing to have done. But uh, Yes. So talk about the clients that have come in uh, while you were open was there a, a heightened state of fear around this or are folks remaining fairly calm? You know, a little bit of both. I think that, um, you know, we, well, we, we did it face to face is that we, you know, for our, our clients, we support with housing assistance, um, you know, reached out to some of our more vulnerable clients and then also just, you know, making sure that they had access to their rent payments and things like that on time, reaching out to landlords just to make sure that everybody's, um, you know, financially as best we can be okay. So just trying to get ahead of it to mitigate any panic. Um, with our syringe exchange clients, you know, it's we were we were in a tough place because and, and our homeless clients too, because you know the the advice to isolate is a lot harder when you're living without a house or right. you know your housing is insecure and you're and your many people are packed into one house. So um, you know, we were just really relying on the principles of harm reduction and reminding people to stay safe, um, you know, for people who use drugs to, you know, definitely make sure they're cleaning their themselves, not sharing equipment. Um, for our syringe exchange, we had as much as we could, we would give people extra supply so they didn't have to come in as much. Um, loading up people with naloxone for overdose. Uh, what we were reminding people was that, in, you know, if this breaks out, and our community, you know, our, our first responders are having to deal with people who are, um, you know, dealing with the COVID-19 that they may not be as available to respond to overdoses. So, right. you know, just reminding people to be extra, extra safe. Um, you know, and so we just we continue to exercise within our office safe precautions and, you know, social distancing and, and all the things and inviting people to stay outside if they were experiencing any symptoms. But for us, it was really tricky because, you know, we do have people who are in there who are living with HIV who are coming in. And then also, you know, we, we were trying to keep the area safe and and sterilized, which, you know, everybody's been in and we always do anyway. We just really ramped it up. Um, but between, you know, staffing shortages, people being mandated to stay home and, and, you know, a lot of staff with kids at home, it was just almost impossible for us to stay open. So it was a really hard decision, but we decided to close down so that we can be available to provide the services you know, again, and, and when we reopen, right. But there are other syringe exchange suppliers in the community, so that was part of our decision as well. You know, the DAC is still providing syringe exchange, um, and of course, like theoretically, pharmacies. So, um, and then we've talked to some of our community partners who are still going out and doing some outreach, and and have provided them with supplies so that they can also provide, at the very least, overdose prevention. 
Okay, so let's run down for the listeners then a couple of uh, options um, if they're not able to access certainly your services because you're closed now. Uh, where is DAC located? DAC is located at 2403 Professional Drive in Santa Rosa. Um, I know they're open until 9 o'clock at night, and I don't know offhand their syringe exchange hours, but I'm sure if you looked on the website or called, they would be happy to tell you. Perfect. And we have that phone number here. If you're interested, you can give them a call at 707-544-3295. That's 544-3295. And they provide us a variety of services, but that may be one option for folks who need uh, clean syringes. Exactly. So yes. for folks who are concerned about a potential HIV exposure, uh, what's your advice for how to handle that? If, if something happens while we're under this shelter in place uh, and a person is potentially exposed, what would you recommend to them? Well, I think the same thing applies about calling the clinic or the you know your, your medical provider and letting them know that you've been exposed within 72 hours. They can get you on post-exposure prophylaxis or PEP, um, which is a medication that you would take daily for a month. Um, and that will help prevent the transmission of HIV. So, you know, all those services are still available. HIV tests are still available. You know, one thing we do want to caution is that we've been seeing um, quite a spike in new HIV diagnoses in Sonoma County. Already this year, we've seen 15 new diagnoses. Really? Um, yes. And last year, there were only 19 total. So, um, and, and similar to last year and the year before is we're seeing more and more people with a late diagnosis, meaning that they're getting an AIDS diagnosis at the time of an HIV diagnosis, um, meaning that maybe they didn't know that they were exposed or that they had it or that they were at risk. So, you know, continuing, we talk about harm reduction and safety around COVID-19. I mean, we still want to urge people to exercise, you know, caution and, and practice safe sex, safe drug use as much as possible because um, we're not seeing a whole lot of connection between the new infections and lots of different risk groups, you know, so it's, it's not really easy to pinpoint why it's happening or where it's happening. We just know that there's a spike. Um, so, you know, at this time where health departments and, and medical professionals are really having to focus on COVID-19, we just really want to remind people to remember to stay safe and continue to protect themselves against mm -hmm. HIV. Uh, is there anything in particular that we know so far about COVID-19 and its connection with being passed through sexual contact? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I've seen some literature. Um, Thebody.com is a great resource for people who are living with HIV or have questions about HIV. Um, and I, I was reading an article there that they are trying to figure out if the virus, the COVID-19 virus, is, can be shed through fecal matter. Mm. Um, they haven't concluded anything, but what that would mean then is that, well, basically what they're doing is they're testing to see, does that put somebody then more at risk um, for transmission of the COVID-19 through anal sex? So we don't have any conclusive evidence, but they're investigating, which again, just means that people need to exercise caution and use condoms you know, in addition to washing your hands and avoiding kissing and all of the all of the ways that, you know, we know that we can spread the this flu virus. So once again, we know condoms are the best way to prevent uh, the spread of STIs as well as potentially uh, COVID-19 if you're having sex with a partner. Exactly. So I want to go back for a minute to the importance of knowing your status around HIV and in that connection to 
COVID-19. So, you know, again, you mentioned earlier that someone with a suppressed immune system is particularly vulnerable to the effects of this COVID-19. If you're living with HIV and don't know it, you're really putting yourself as well as other people at risk. We read that article about that uh, 21-year-old from Spain, I believe, who died from the COVID-19. And when they did some further digging, they found out that he had leukemia and didn't even know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we still encourage HIV testing, you know, and I mean, if you if you have a doctor and you have a regular visit, ask for an HIV test. Um, It's part of a it's part of your care. It's part of your preventative screening. Um, You know, most clinics are implementing routine once in a lifetime HIV testing for anybody between the ages of 13 and 65. Um, you know, I mean, HIV testing is becoming much more normalized and, and all of the services are still in place for anybody who may test preliminary or confirmatory positive, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we're still available on emergency. So if, you know, we're, we're, we're gone, but not forgotten yeah. <laughs> for a couple of weeks. So if, if there is an emergency, I mean, I would encourage people, we're still checking our messages at face to face. Um, so a person can always call and leave a message and someone will get back to them within a couple of days. Well, that's good to know. So if there are clients out there that are listening that maybe haven't checked in with you in a while, uh, that's what they should do then is call the office and leave a message? Yeah, and just let us know um, and we'll do our best to get back. You know, I mean, if it's an emergency, we can only do what we can do, but we'll do our best to help. Right. Um, you know, in a remote circumstance. Now, is face-to-face exempt from this shelter-in-place order in terms of its ability to provide some services if needed? Yeah, so we have, um, we've seen paperwork that, you know, syringe exchanges are considered an essential service. So, you know, if we had the capacity to provide it, I think we would still be open with limited hours. Right. But the problem is that we just don't have the staffing for it. Right. No, I was, I was really asking about if someone needed some emergency service, would there be some violation of this public order for you to provide it? Um, I don't think so. No. And I think that we would, you know, we would, we would want to help. <laughs> right, right, so, right, exactly. yeah, we'll do what we can to help. I, I'm, I'm more concerned about getting people the help that they need. Fantastic. Well, uh, please wish the staff and yourself uh, safety and good health. And we'll look forward Likewise to for you. the doors opening here at face to face very soon. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity to speak and um, just appreciate all you're doing. That was Sarah Brewer. She's the executive director of face to face here in Sonoma County. We'll be right back with more right after this. We are the night. We are the yellow moon in the sky. We are the amber glow of the firelight in a lover's eye. Dark. We are a hundred billion stars We are the heavy hearts on the subway cars We are the night I, We are the night We're gonna say we just stay right But we are the night We are the night And we just wanna be
Steve Grand with his original song, We Are the Night. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News in Depth here on KRCB-FM Radio 91. I'm Greg Moralia, and here with Gary Carnavelli, both of us sheltered in place and broadcasting to you remotely from our home studios. Gary, welcome back. Great to be here. So we are going to be covering uh, the coronavirus and its impact on our local community throughout the rest of the show tonight, as well as next week on the fifth Sunday uh, for our Outbeat Extra this month. Um, but let's talk about what has happened just this week. It's moving so fast, isn't it, Gary? It is. So we have a shelter in place now, in effect, for Sonoma County. And then Napa announced on Wednesday that a shelter in place would go into effect Friday morning. And just in that same hour, Solano County put a shelter in place effective immediately. So I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why is there no coordination between the counties? What do you think is happening? I'm, I'm really surprised that Gavin Newsom hasn't um, really brought the hammer down. Um, I, you know, there may be some pushback. We saw um, seven counties in the Bay Area um, get that order early in the week. Um, but, you know, when um, I speak to folks around the country, um, it's a different situation. I have nephews who are on spring break. I have cousins who are on spring break. Um, uh, 
which sort of um, concerns me. So, um, I, you know, I know there's this friction between Governor Cuomo and de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, about shutting down and not shutting down. And on Wednesday uh, morning, Cuomo um, had a news conference and didn't do a full shelter in place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on that same day, um, Wednesday evening, Italy, which folks expect is at a point that we will reach in two weeks or so had its highest death toll in one day, Tuesday, 475 people. Hmm. Um, So uh, you would imagine mayors and governors all over the country are looking at that um, sort of late Wednesday, uh, Hawaii basically shut down and basically closed its borders, if you will. Um, uh, we, we haven't really seen that, um, statewide, um, but the border of, uh, Canada and, and the United States was basically closed. Um, yeah, it's really just, it's really just about restricting people from traveling who are sort of ignoring what perhaps common sense or just good advice would say. It, 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 it is. And when you don't, and we don't have true guidance from the federal government, it's confusing. Uh, uh, thankfully, um, we, we have a, a governor who is on top of it, uh, nice and early, who um, closed schools fairly early in the game. And, and, and th- this is how coronavirus um, gets contained. Yeah. Well, let's hope that it works. You mentioned the schools. It's really interesting. I, I teach for three different community colleges in the Bay Area, and they've all had sort of different approaches to uh, closure. City College of San Francisco was the very first one. I don't, I don't know if you heard about this, Gary, but they their chancellor, you know, within one day had an order out that the college was going to close for two weeks and transition all of the rest of spring semester to online instruction. And so teachers are, are engaged in that actually right now, getting ready to go live with their classes back online, fully online on March 30th. Napa College uh, started a transition process this last week and is moving everything online uh, by the start of the week. And they've stopped all face-to-face classes, of course, because of the shelter in place. And then Santa Rosa JC announced a closure just before their spring break. But we have yet to see what the plan is going to be in terms of resuming instruction online or or what they're going to do. I suppose they could just close. I hope that doesn't happen. It would surprise me if it did. Um, but all very different approaches to it. Um, it's unfortunate that, uh, again, um, they couldn't get it together. There are all these different dates. Sonoma State University closed um, Thursday, March 12th. Um, luckily, we're you know we're sort of coinciding with with spring breaks, um, you know whether or not uh, folks had um, midterms, I guess. Uh, but you know, um, Gavin Newsom said um, midweek that he doesn't expect any of these schools to open again. Right. Right. To, to really reopen. So. Um, and, and yes, uh, you know, a nice, big, uh, wealthy, fancy college could probably afford to go to all on- online teaching, but a, a junior college may be a different situation. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you you know, you would you would think every student would have a computer, um, but that may not be the case. You know, some some students, right. especially at, at JCs, at community colleges, um, were relying on um, computers there in in labs and in the libraries. And, right. You know, now all the county libraries are closed. Um, again, uh, l- late last week, I think that came down. Um, just as I was thinking of going to the library, good thing I was just there and had a lot of books. But yes. um, uh, you know, you know, th- th- that's a that's a big resource for um, information. Um, uh, our public libraries here in Sonoma, um, I think there are fifteen. Um, that you know, with with that folks can use computers there. With with not all that much commerce, uh, which we can get to later. Um, you know, folks really aren't doing applications. Um, it, it looks like they don't need to be worrying about their taxes. Yeah, we should mention that uh, the state controller for California did extend the filing date for state taxes uh, to June 15th. So that's at least a little reprieve for, for folks. Um, and, you know, you mentioned lack of access to computers. Well, all of the elementary schools in Sonoma County, of course, are closed. And there are a good number of students in those schools who don't have even Internet access at home. Uh, so, right. you know, my husband, Tony, teaches fifth grade, and that's going to be just a tremendous challenge for that school district to figure out how to support children. They're going to be providing lunches and breakfasts for uh, the kids who need a meal, which, thank goodness. But then how yeah, but but how are you going to deliver instruction to a household that doesn't have access to the internet? Right, right. Um, I, I I saw a sort of well-respected um, New York Times journalist on um, uh, uh, during an interview lately, and she said, I, "I'm now a, a homeschooler," you know. <laughs> right. And 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 I'm ill-prepared for this job. Uh, you know, uh, still probably working full time from home and, and, and now having to um, educate her children, which may need to happen for months. Sure. Uh, sure. I, I, I know. I know that, you know, the, the 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 hope is that folks can get back to school soon. Um, I, I don't you know, from from what I've been hearing from um, experts um, in, 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 in these, uh, fields, they, they do not expect that. Um, they do not expect that to happen. So, um, it, it, it's going to be a long haul, um, before life gets back to normal for any American. Yep. So the shelter in place does provide some exceptions. Folks can go to work to do what are called essential services if you're involved in public safety and so forth. And certainly there's nothing wrong with going out and, and taking a walk. Uh, so let's talk about what you've seen so far in Sonoma. Are people out and about? Not much, really. Um, there, there are a number of restaurants that are still doing takeout and sort of delivery, um, many on the square. Um, but of course, tourism has come to a standstill and, you know, in, in, in sort of here in, in wine country, tourism is almost year round. Um, so it was probably just sort of kicking off in a, a course with spring break. Right. Um, no, they're not, they're not people walking around. There really aren't people on the streets. Um, we've got a sizable sort of aging community here in Sonoma. And I think people are really 
really mm. listening to those orders. Um, there's not much open. There's not there's not that much to do. Um, but, you know, we have a we have a nice sized um, historic park here, but um, really fairly empty. So people are conscious of social distancing. You know, six feet, um, and 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 quite nervous about um, you know being around crowds. Sure. We took a ride out uh, last Wednesday uh, to Costco because we had to pick up uh, medication for our dog from the pharmacy there. And I have to say, I was somewhat dreading that trip after seeing all of the stories about, you know, hoarding at Costco and lines and and all of that sort of thing. Uh, And I have to say, driving there, I was really paying attention to what was going on. It really kind of just felt like a Sunday afternoon. There were a lot of people out. Uh, on, really? the, on on that first day of the shelter in place order, clearly businesses yeah. were closed. Um, you know, Montgomery Village looked like a ghost town, but there were a lot of people out, and uh, Costco was um, limiting people into the store. There was a, a little ah. bit of a line, not not much of one, but they were limiting the number of people that they were letting in, and uh, had put some pretty significant limits on quantities of certain kinds of you know, foods and things. Right. right. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't crowded by any stretch of the imagination. They were wiped out of a lot of things. Yes. Um, the entire, if you can imagine, you know the size of their chicken counter, right? In the meat section. Oh, my goodness. The whole thing was empty. There was not, a, is, there was not a scrap of chicken to be found. What is it about chicken? We found the same thing at Safeway last Saturday. So, um, I'm, I'm going to watch my chickens closely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and not an egg to be found. So really? they had a person yeah. out front of Costco saying, we have no toilet paper, we have no sanitary wipes, uh, and we have no eggs. Right, right. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Right, right. And, you know, um, you, you know, it, it, we... We don't want to report it's a concern, but, you know, if, if this turns into several months, um, you know, there will be issues with the supply chain. Um, so, you know, the, the, and the impulse to, to hoard, to stock up as much as possible, um, I, I realize is strong, but try to resist that. Um, you know, yeah. try, to, try to think, okay, I, you know, if I have enough to, to get me through a month, the grocery stores are not closing. They will be open. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel that urge myself. Every time one thing sort of I run out of, I think, oh, my God, should I go to the store now? You know, right in the back of your head. It's like a <laughs> right. the, the irrational nagging. You're like, no, I, you know, I can wait for a couple of days or a week. Um, but you know, not, not everyone is in that position. So we understand, you know, you, you, I, I've seen several TV reports and you think, oh yeah, don't hoard, you're being crazy. But you know, you'll, you'll have a mother who just learned that her kid's school is closed and she's got three or four kids that she has to feed for, you know, and she won't be able to go shopping or she, right. you know, she'll have children with her and really shouldn't be bringing her children out and, you know, really shouldn't be out herself unless it's absolutely necessary. So, um, yeah, for that person, uh, that, that, for that family that used to go into the store, you know, once a week, that may not be an option anymore. So 
So you do have to make uh, you know, bigger loads. And we heard Sarah Brewer from Face to Face earlier talk about the fact that regulations on medications for HIV positive folks were eased to allow for people to stock up. So those are all good things. Oh, that is, that, that is good news. That's always a concern. That's yeah. always a concern. And not, and, and, and not everyone is, is food secure. So yeah. um, again, when you're thinking and you're thinking and you're thinking about shopping and I've got some tips we can maybe get to later in the show. You know, think about your neighbors. Think about your elderly neighbors who are afraid to go out. You know, think about, um, you know, uh, those moms with with children or healthcare workers who are working, you know, 30 hour shifts, Um, you know, ask them if, you know, you could pick up something for them if, if, if you're going out. Sure. Those are great ideas. Really good ideas. Uh, let's talk a little bit about LGBTQ businesses. We certainly have a lot of them here in Sonoma County, and many of them are small businesses, especially restaurants. Many are going to be suffering a great deal because they simply cannot be open in a, in a conventional way. Uh, what right. have you heard businesses doing in terms of trying to continue to provide service, which also translates into trying to survive? Right. Well, Sonoma Magazine through the Press Democrat, and you can get all um, news about the coronavirus free from the Press Democrat, although I must say it's a good time to subscribe to even on the online version so you can stay in touch. But they're offering all of their news about the coronavirus for free at this time. Um, there are, there are a, a number of, of restaurants um, in Sonoma County that are doing uh, curbside sort of pickup and delivery, of course, you know, with DoorDash and all those things um, in this area here in Katadi, down to Earth Cafe, Park Avenue Catering. I saw their van in Sonoma for some reason this, this afternoon when I was walking my dog. Um, Super Burger um, in um, Guerneville, um, two, in fact, lesbian-owned restaurants are open for delivery and curbside or walk-in pickup and Dorno's Pizza and um, Brat. Um, lots and lots and lots in, um, in Santa Rosa. Um, almost too many to mention. Um, but, uh, you know, go online to your favorite restaurant. Hopefully they'll have information. Send them an e- email. Give them a call. There are, oh my goodness, probably 30, 40 in Santa Rosa. So... Um, hopefully, you know, um, again, you, you probably want to keep the driving around to a minimum. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, peace officers are really concerned with stopping people and questioning them, but it, it, it you know, we, we don't want to overburden any sort of department. We don't want to overburden right. entities. So, you know, uh, we're just a couple of days into it. Hold off if you can. But again, it's time to support your favorite restaurants because most of them will probably not survive. Um, uh, oh, I forgot to mention the brew in brew in Santa Rosa, a wonderful um, uh, lesbian owned restaurant um, uh, and uh, coffee right. place. Um, so yes, I, you know, I, I, I always think about that. I'm kind of an old retail person. So I think, Oh, oh my goodness. All these, all these, you know, mom and pop, um, brick and mortar places are going to have a really hard time. So, um, if you really love a place and, and support it, 
whether it's a bar or a restaurant, whether they're open or not, you know, go online and buy a gift certificate. That is a Put great, away. that's a great idea. You don't even have to leave your house to support the restaurant in that way. And it gives them some cash. Right, right. And, and they're really going to need it. You know, really mo mo most restaurants are a couple of bad weeks. Smaller restaurants are a couple of bad weeks, you know, non-productive weeks, um, from closing. So, um, there's going to be a big, big shift in in um, the landscape here in Sonoma County, um, and really all over the country. Um, you know, the federal government will only be able to do so much, and state and local governments will only be able to do so much. So, you know, th th think about think about um, those small businesses, and you know, even even when you know if you know you need your special boxer briefs you know yeah amazon is nice and easy but you know we we may not have a macy's or a bloomingdale's for much longer or jc pennies or wherever it is um you can get those so try to try to make um more prudent choices when it comes to um purchasing things online yeah yeah those are all really 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 great suggestions well let's see there's certainly been a lot um, that has happened in the news here and a lot of stories specific to the virus and our community. Um, and we talked about a couple in the news segment this week. Uh, it just never ceases to amaze me the amount of hate that particularly religious leaders can spew in a time like this, always blaming LGBT folks for whatever tragedy is happening in the country. Yep, always. And, and of course, Asian Americans, when you've got um, certain members of, of our government um, calling it the Chinese flu and some other, you know, monikers I won't even repeat, um, people in the media, religious leaders, um, it's irresponsible. And we've, we've seen an uptick in hate crime. Well, since Donald Trump has been elected uh, across the board, but an uptick in, in um, hate crimes against Asian Americans. Well, this, this story that I'm looking at in particular here is uh, a pastor who claims that, you know, that gay people were responsible for this. There's a, the rabbi who claims that the coronavirus uh, was caused by too many LGBT pride parades. And then there's this commentator that we talked about from Fox News who was criticizing the city of San Francisco uh, for the shelter-in-place orders claiming that it was to prevent a gay apocalypse and then relating relating it somehow uh, to the demise of Donald Trump and uh, blaming it uh, if he lost the presidency on this this whole thing. Um, well, <laughs> we don't want to get too political, but I think he deserves to lose because he has mishandled this in so many ways. Um, I think the... I think the, the campaign um, commercials and print ads write themselves when it comes to his slow response and the slow response of uh, many in his party, um, including eight of them who voted against um, the second big relief package um, that was finally passed uh, Wednesday night, even though even though their fearless leader, Mitch McConnell, um, told them, you know, to basically hold their nose and vote for it anyway. Eight. Can you imagine eight senators voting against it? And, you know, not the usual loonies, but 
one of those was Representative Andy Biggs from Arizona, and he voted against it because he believed that providing services uh, for unmarried partners of children was an attempt to redefine the family. Yeah. And so he was talking with in an interview he did with the Family Research Council, uh, which is one of the Southern Poverty Law Center's designated hate groups. He was explaining that uh, this redefinition of the family didn't justify, well, if it really was a redefinition, uh, providing funding for free corona testing for uninsured uh, folks, strengthening the welfare programs for people who become unemployed, and providing food. Uh, for those who lost it and lost access to it during the pandemic? Well, unfortunately, many in the GOP see this as sort of a Democratic Party grab, you know, for their wish list of, you know, feeding the poor and providing health services for the poor or or those in need or giving um, rent relief to those in need. Um, you know, we're we're going to see a huge uptick in unemployment as businesses shutter and and right now as businesses close. Um, you know, we we know several folks who work at resorts and in restaurants. I mean, the American economy is based on um, hospitality. Mm-hmm. So hotels will be closed, of course. Uh, tasting rooms are closed. Resorts will be closed. The the R three had to close. The Rainbow, of course, had to close. Well, I I should uh, amend that. The R three is um, still um, hosting folks. You you can still stay at the resort. But the, but the bar the sure is closed. Then the restaurant right? restaurant and the bar are closed. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as I could tell, there are are two restaurants in Guerneville that are even doing, um, you know, walk in, walk up or delivery. And then there, there are a handful in Forestville. So this is going to be a huge, huge impact on, on, um, on workers all over. You've got, you know, the big three automobile plants closing down. Um, uh, Wednesday night, I saw a, a Senator from Connecticut and he said in one week, it went from an average, I'm sorry, one day, an average of 3,000 um, 3, unemployment filings to 30,000. Yeah. A one-day uptick. So these are the numbers we're sort of talking about. So, you know, again, check in with your friends and neighbors and family and, and see that they're doing okay. Um see where they are. Um, I, I, I don't know where the county stands right now on a moratorium on evictions. You know, it's, 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 it's no time for sort of a layoff or furloughed um, worker to have to worry about such things. Um, I, know PG&E, uh, you know, I know PG&E announced that they were not going to turn off power for people who couldn't afford to pay their bill. And I know State Senator Scott Weiner is trying to get some legislation through, emergency legislation through, that would put a moratorium on evictions, both for uh, uh, residential rental properties as well as commercial po- small business properties. Right. Well, it, you know, it doesn't serve anyone to turn any town into, you know, a ghost town. Right. <laughs> with, right. With, with boarded up businesses. Um, a, 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 not a good look. 
no. uh, for for any for any for any town or city. Yeah, hope, hopefully hopefully there's lots of legislation coming down the the pike for uh, you know statewide um, as well as federal level. Um, again, the you know I I, I think that I, I you know I've read some uh, quotes from from Sonoma County supervisors um, you know about these issues. Um, but we'll just have to see, you know, we'll have to see what some of the bigger cities do, especially Santa Rosa. Um, you know, they've, they've always, they've always sort of, uh, back down when it even comes to rent control. Um, but of course these are, um, um, dire times. Right. Well, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, and so let's talk first about how you're going to get through this shelter in place. What are some things that you're going to do? Uh, and what would you recommend to others in our community? I live in a nice little community here in Sonoma, um, and, and we're fairly fortunate. Uh, my husband is a veterinarian. He, um, of course, provides medical services for folks' pets, so he's been able to stay open. He's taken some sort of drastic measures to keep his, him and his staff um, as healthy as possible so that they can continue to help folks um, and, and, and I think I think that's what we need to think about mostly is um, affecting others. How do we affect others? If we're going to be in a big group, if we're not going to social distance and then we're going to go into a grocery store or we're going to go to a medical facility or or anywhere and we're and we're not being responsible about washing our hands about keeping six feet away from people. I mean, even in the crowded store, I realize it's difficult, but these are things you really need to be aware of. Well, I'm just looking at the Sonoma County Department of Health website, and there is so much misinformation out there. I thought it would be great to sort of end our conversation tonight with just a review of what our local health officials are telling us. So here's some bullet points. First of all, the vast majority of cases around the world are mild with a fever, cough, and difficulty breathing. And there's a much smaller percentage of cases that end up with more severe symptoms like pneumonia. And those are particular in, in elderly folks. It's spread through coughing and sneezing. You can't get it from walking out in the fresh air. Uh, close personal contact, such as touching or shaking hands, should be avoided. And they say always wash your hands after touching objects or surfaces before touching your mouth or nose to prevent the spread of the virus. And then they go on with some real basics for prevention. Avoid close contact with people who are sick, just like you said, right? That six foot radius they talked about. Avoid touching your eyes and mouth. Stay home if you're sick. Cover your mouth if you sneeze or cough and clean and disinfect regularly. And the best is to wash your hands with hot soapy water for at least 20 seconds. Right. Um, did you get your flu shot? I did not. <gasps> Shame on you. <laughs> I know. Very bad. I'm, I'm, I'm an odd flu person. I, I rarely get the flu. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and, you know, I usually sometimes get a sinus infection and a cold. But, and it's been a, sort of a mild year for me. Howard's had, Howard's had a few. Um, but, you know, the, the, you know, those are great points. Uh, I, I still find them a little vague. Um, especially under a shelter in place order. <laughs> right. So, um, not to be contradictory, but, um, shelter in place means stay home as often as you can. Right. Um, you will resist 
um, uh, catching it yourself or infecting others if you happen to be asymptomatic. Um, that's what shelter in place means. Um, you know, the grocery store or pharmacy, maybe once a week. But, you know, we, there, there's a lot to prepare for. There's a lot to think about. You know, you, 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 last time you were in Costco, how many folks over 60 did you see? Yeah, not many. Not many. Not many. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. It was a pretty young, it was a pretty young uh, crew. Uh, but I did hear from somebody at Kaiser who, who did recommend uh, the flu shot and said yeah. that it's not too late to get Still. it. It's not right. too late it to is. get it. Yeah, yeah, um, but of course, then there, you know, that then there's going to a health clinic. I, right. I guess you could probably you could probably go to a Walgreens or a CVS if if they're still doing it. So that that might be a little um, a little less um, perilous. Right. Um, that's true. And um, and and you know, when you're in the store, get 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 those um, get those things you usually get during flu season, um, not just soup and grilled cheeses ingredients, but uh, cold remedies. Um, and they're also st saying to stay away from um, painkillers. Mm. Um, that there's some evidence that it's sort of neg negatively impacting um, uh, recovery from coronavirus. Um, you know, it, 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 it's going to be real, it, you know, from what we've heard uh, in the media from folks who have been infected and know they were infected, um, uh, symptoms sort of vary. It's more respiratory in nature, um, but that it, it's not the same for everyone. Right. So, um, so if you're sick in sort of any way or feel anything coming on, you should really self-isolate. I mean, I think, you know, we need to talk, what does shelter in place mean? What does self-isolating mean? What does quarantine mean? Um, you know, if you, if, if you just got back from Hawaii a week ago, you shouldn't visit grandma, you know, for another week. You, you know, you should sort of um, isolate as much as you can. We're sheltered in place. You know, if, if you were at risk at any point, and that's probably a lot of us who were out in the public. Um, luckily, we're still looking at less than 10, I think, cases in Sonoma County. Um, but those will go up. They're not probably testing a whole lot here. There probably haven't been a whole lot of um, test kits here. But we're seeing huge jumps in 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 all sorts of areas. You know, a suburb of, of New York and, and of course, uh, Seattle and, you know, big sort of school breakouts in Sacramento, which is not that far away. You know, um, it hasn't hit some other cities in, in, in such a large way. But, you know, we, we have to be concerned about our, our aging population, our aging neighbors, um, infecting them. Right. So who's going to be with us next Sunday night? I'm going to have a nice chat with folks from um, Positive Images, really to check in to see what's going on with them. Because, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're just concerned about all of our nonprofits. Um, it's, it's going to be really for that, tough for them to weather this storm. Um, uh, Chelsea Rose, uh, a board member, has been on uh, my show before, um, a delightful woman, um, very involved in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we're going to have a nice chat about how the young folks are doing um, and trans folks. 
um, in, in in the area. You know, for the most part, all meetings, group meetings, uh, you know, uh, conferences have been canceled. So um, how uh, nonprofits like Positive Images are reaching out to their their clients, their members, and um, keeping them safe and healthy. Great. And we'll, of course, have an update uh, with all the latest news from our local community on our response to the virus and any other advice we have for you next Sunday night at 8 p.m. That'll be an Outbeat Extra hosted right here on Radio 91. And we always advise that you stay closely connected for the daily news. We have NPR broadcasts morning and night and local news all week long right here on Radio 91. It's a great source for information. Gary, great having you on the show tonight, and uh, we'll reconnect next week with the Outbeat Extra. Very good. Thank you, Greg. Stay safe, everyone. And that wraps up our hour. Do join us next Sunday night at 8 p.m. for an Outbeat Extra. That's right here on KRCB-FM Radio 91. In the meantime, do stay safe, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News in Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. Podcasts of our programs are available for on-demand play on our website at outbeatnews.com and on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates from Outbeat Radio News all month long. I'd love to change the world, but I don't know Broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out. Move mountains, we gon' walk it out and move mountains. We are Radio 91 KRCB-FM Windsor and K215CQ Santa Rosa, a service of Northern California Public Media. It's 9 p.m. Stay with us. Afropop is next.